0: This time, on no, not the mind probe. Episode number sixty-six. Wait, wait, don't kill me.
1: Welcome to no, not the mind probe. <laughs> this is coming towards you. It's like no, not the mind probe is coming, coming right at you. Um, uh, this is a podcast that immediately follows, uh, this American life, uh, after, uh <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, don't tell me, uh, 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 and I like this American life, which a lot of people don't realize what's happening there is that they are also watching and ranking, uh, every single doctor who story ever. Uh, if you listen to the whole, no one's ever actually gotten through a whole episode and probably heard the end where they rank, uh, yeah. doctor who stories. <laughs> um, uh but, uh, uh, we do it. Um, better, I think, than This American Life and, and, and less uh, parochial. I think, you know, we're a global podcast. Um, my name is John Grant uh, and uh, I am uh, obviously never going to get on NPR at this point, uh, but I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan uh, and I've been watching it for for 37 amazing, fantastic, fabulous uh, years.
0: My name is Porter Mason. John's been <laughs> asking me to watch Doctor Who for 25 years. Porter Mason filling so in for Ira Glass. <laughs> I can also do morning edition voice. A year or so ago, I finally said yes. Each episode, will look at two stories. We're going through the new series in order, and our Doctor Who sommelier, John, will find a pairing with a classic story. John, what do we have in store for this episode?
1: Um, Porter, we're going to listen to Bartok's fifth uh, concerto. I'll go for 25 minutes. No, the those, are the, asleep.
0: <clears throat> those are the best because you know when they're introing or just cutting in between two classical things like genuinely like you should talk like that because people are likely asleep like they have (laughs) dozed off listening to this and so you really do have to be like i just want to cut in here i just want to mention or Gonna move over to a different page of Simplicity <laughs> now, please. Uh, it's uh, it's really great though. Yeah, It'd be
1: great if they just kind of like coming live from NPR. <laughs> it's gonna be some Tchaikovsky. <laughs>
0: it's the Mozart two for Tuesday here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, commercial-free
0: well, Mozart, folks. Commercial-free Mozart. <laughs> by the way, this intro and title is setting this up like this is way more NPR-themed episode. This is it. <laughs> this is all the only thing we're gonna talk about NPR. Um, which by the way, I also had listened. listened. Listen to that much in years there was a period of time where i used to put that on my i know my elder sister listens to it all the time but um i i can't i like it but i i feel like you got to go all in on it and listen to like npr like wall to wall i can't I don't also know.
1: There's thing so for for international uh, of, of folks um Paul. Um NPR is National Public Radio. Oh yes, sort of yes. Are, It's America's BBC only less popular. Uh and um there's also there's a thing about an extremely
0: like, much less funded. Yeah, Although right.
1: they put out great stuff, but it's Yeah, like, it's fantastic. It's but not I've been like a, a lot of BBC stuff. Uh, and you know, connecting yes. to Doctor who uh PBS is is, is Yes, is a, that's friend. right. Um uh there's also a the thing about NPR though it's like um there's an inevitability to like when you listen to when you're an adult like our age and you listen to it and you're like yeah well this might as well happen like it's, it's gonna <laughs> i finally hit the stage where uh it's me it's either an oldie station to listen to billy joel or or npr like, <laughs> Make your hit, choice hit, <laughs> hit that wall like, here we go i'm in it now um really uh, really
0: quick by the way um what because tying this into Doctor Who, um, yes, Doctor Who aired here on PBS. That's also for international users. That's where we see anything from the BBC. Like that's where I yep. saw Monty Python, Monty was on, Python on PBS. Fawlty Towers. Similarly, would would they run like anything like the Big Finish on like NPR? Did that ever happen? Uh, no. Um, the uh, Big Finish has been aired on some of the BBC
1: uh, radio stations. So, so um, you know, recorded first for Big Finish, but then made um, uh, on I think BBC seven or something one of the or four i one of those is radio anyway um but i think part of that is just because america doesn't do radio dramas which is i have oh, I, I never understood right. this i i it's i love radio plays i think they're brilliant um, they were a big thing in america in the like yeah. early part of the 1900s yeah. uh okay big digression here then we'll go back to the intro um, okay <laughs> just for most reason it's on my mind lately uh you are uh you are also a big bill cosby fan um And I think I think may may he rest in peace. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, he's dead now. (laughs) Uh, Maybe not really, but he's dead to everybody. Uh, But do you remember the? I think he's from Wonderfulness. The thing about him listening to Lights Out, the radio show, and uh, you know he he Mm, would listen to it alone and be terrified, and he would just he was like um, he would uh, he thought that he would he would smear Jello on the kitchen floor because the monsters would (laughs) trip. Very good. Uh, Anyway. But that's not what happens on this podcast. No one gets frightened. Or that was last episode of this podcast. This one, people no. just
0: wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what, are, what are we watching? Well, what do we do? We Each yeah. episode, we look at two stories. We go through the... No, I already said this. So, John, what are we What are we doing in this episode? What are we I listening
1: said, to? I don't know. We, again, we've done like 14 takes. Um, uh, right. Here we go. Here's what's happening here. There's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of hurrying up and mm. waiting. Uh, we start with uh, the next in our um, 11th Doctor run. Another one that, again, doesn't really mention the main story. It uh, just is kind yeah. of like, ah, eh, sure. whatever. They're, they travel around in time. It feels related, uh,
0: but you're right. I guess it
1: doesn't. Yeah. And, and I think these themes of like waiting and, and sort of, uh, and also, um, uh, I think there is a key component here of, of time can be written. And anyway, we'll get that. Uh, it is the girl who waited. Uh, it is uh, 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 Matt Smith and Arthur Darvill, of course, as uh, 11th Doctor and Rory. But this is this is a Karen Gillan uh, tour de force here. Um, uh, this is this is when she's like, hey, I'm an actor, not just a set of legs. Um, And uh, uh, we've paired that with another story that involved people waiting for a long time, uh, a common theme. Uh, This is uh, another Seventh Doctor uh, story. This is uh, Dragonfire that features the last story for Mel and the first story for Ace.
0: All right. Let's recap these episodes. Uh, We mentioned this is uh, Series 6, Episode 10 of the new Who. It aired the 10th of September 2011 it is doctor who story number 221 out of 299 and uh you know it's a standard 45 minute episode we mentioned it is matt smith and then rory and amy and we have a clip which get your all, hankies out it's a sad one, like, like this
1: what are you doing i lied to her rory doctor? there can never be two amys in the it's the paradox were too massive if you can't leave her she'll die doctor no Locked she'll in. never have existed when we save our amy this
0: future won't have happened
1: she happened she's there I trusted you. No, she's not real. She is real. Let her in. Look, we take this Amy, we leave ours. There can only be one Amy in
0: the Which one do you want?
1: It's your choice. <sighs> this isn't fair. You're turning me into you. No choice for me. Okay. Doctor! Doctor! When you carried her, me. her, when you carried her away, you used to look at me like that.
0: i have forgotten how much you loved me. Hmm. All right. Well, mm. see, you say it's going to cause tears, but at this point. Amy and Rory are just dying every episode. It's like, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a husk. I'm a I'm a Michelle. It's another dead.
1: It's another dead Amy Rory episode. Yeah, exactly.
0: Actually, and River. So like Amy, Rory, and their child are just yeah. just in a loop of just dying, dying over left, and over. right, and center. Yeah, uh, and or being separated from one another. Okay, uh, I'm as I mentioned last episode. I I I pull up Wikipedia to follow these. I can go through this episode. Uh, you know, from what I could tell what was happening, but I'm going to refer to the Wikipedia because they mentioned certain details. I don't, I didn't totally get in terms of where exactly they were and why they were in this hmm. matrix like white world. Um, they, <clears throat> I for somehow misses the very beginning, but they were headed to a planet to go on holiday called, uh, a planet called Apollopecia. Um, and what they, when they get there, they realize there's a plague on the planet Apparently, that can kill specifically beings with two hearts like the doctor. I did not yeah, catch that yeah, part. Yeah, he's particularly vulnerable to it. That, <clears throat> that it, uh, it would allow him to not regenerate. <clears throat> he, would, he would actually die. Um, so they've created these what they call kindness facilities. And what they do is that you go in and they dilate time essentially for people who go depending upon what choice they go into. And what it allows people to do is, as I understood it someone gets this plague they're gonna die within days but then it it lengthens out their time so that they can see they can have family come and visit them essentially and like see their family grow older um even within the few days that they have left they can see their kids grow up and and stuff like that because time will be running on two different speeds for them
1: Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. um but here's the here's the trick they didn't really know this when they go in. And so they're just pressing buttons left and right. And uh, the doctor and Rory, when they enter, they press. I like the iconography of this. That They press. Was it the red anchor that they yeah, press an anchor and a stream or something? Yeah. And, I'm um, and Amy and, and Amy is delayed in the ship. I forget why. And then when she comes in, she has to press a button. They and she presses the other one. And so they are now on two separate time uh time time is moving differently for for the two of them Mm -hmm. they can see each other through a looking glass that is in the this little white room it has a very matrix feel as i mentioned they're in just like a a world of all white or
1: or, um, a very inexpensive set
0: yeah well that was that was part of why they did in the matrix too but it has an effect on i mean like Mm -hmm. it does have something they see um and So, yeah, we find out that they're separated. Of course, Amy and Rory are separated and have to find each other um, and have to save one another. And we also have... I don't know if it's been established, but they love each other. They do. They have a love that that goes throughout time. I feel like that's that's something they're trying to get across to us. Oh, we're going to cement it even more in this episode. (laughs) They talk about it quite a bit. Um, So they're also present in this world. The, The beings that I guess are on this planet either they were all killed or they're just they're kind of in hiding not wanting to get this plague i I, I think they've all died i I think i think they've all died it's just the facilities just continue to run automatically reminiscent of the antibodies from the let's kill hitler episode we have these robots that just go around killing people Mm -hmm. i mean i guess Mm -hmm. ostensibly they're trying to heal them but the medicine that they would be giving would kill uh, right. at least A would kill rory and amy yeah. i'm not sure about right. the doctor right but they would kill rory and amy <clears throat> and so and they're they call them hand bots because they have these creepy they're robots but then the hands themselves look very realistic and it is it's very interesting effect it is very creepy again yeah. somewhere it's pretty low budget but it's like it really works they look scary um yeah. so amy separated rory heads out to try to help her um they can't basically meet back up with her in time in in the initial thing they realize like they look into the looking glass and then look away and look back and amy's like it's been a week i've been here a week Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's just been a second for them so um they the doctor rig he takes the looking glass out of their back of the tardis and because it is sort of a time portal looking glass he rigs up glasses and then also a huge oversized magnifying glass which i loved for (laughs) for for rory to be able to be kind of in communication and see amy here and there um and and so times yeah yeah and so rory is sent as like this time warrior out to find amy and bring her back he meets up with her but it's been 30 years um they mentioned it's it's uh yeah i think it's been yeah i mean she's, she's definitely much older she Yeah, so she's aged. It's it's still Karen Gillan, but they you know put some makeup on here, and she's doing like you said, I think a really nice acting job of being herself, but older, just generally, and then also kind of hardened by the experience of like she hasn't talked to anyone in thirty years, like right. she hasn't you know that would mess with you, yeah, thirty so, thirty six years, thirty six years, yeah. yes. Um, and then we get into this whole thing where it's like, well, uh, they so Rory found her, and could, they could come back with her right now. Um, and that would mean they'd come back with the Amy who had to live this hell right. for 36 years and also is now, I don't know, let's assume they were the same age is now 36 years older than Rory. Right. Um, and so there's this whole interesting conversation about, like, do you love me? I'm 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 her. I'm I'm the same woman. Right. And um, they ultimately figure out a way to say. and so th- But then they talk about, like, well. Should we try to anything we can do to think to solve this would bring these two versions of Amy together, which is, you know, a faux pas. It's a time yeah. faux pas. It's not best done. Yeah. But uh, what I you know, what's great is a, is the doctor basically says, like, well, I don't know if anyone could do it. Like if anyone can manage to handle this, um, this contradiction, uh, uh, then it would be Amy Pond. So um, so they get we get the young and the old Amy together um they they're basically they're just like we're gonna figure out how to do this they come back and what we ultimately find is that uh the old amy has to sacrifice herself to get um the to kind of stitch them back up so that this Mm -hmm. never happened and there's some really sweet again some kind of like going for an emmy moments here yeah there's some monologues yeah and uh and then one thing they talk about again mentioning that they're in love is they, they they talk about what what there are certain things that you have to do to make this happen what is this worth doing who's it worth doing for and she also says like it's for him like for him it is worth doing for him for this love that we have it's worth doing and john is sitting there like going kind of like eh. I could hear John watching yeah. it from his start, like, just, you yeah. know, being like, no, well, okay, whatever. Yeah, stupid love. Doing like yeah. a jerk off motion, like, yeah. oh, yeah. here we go, yeah, you know. Basically. Yeah. Um, um, and it's, it's you know, and then Mike, it's weird that Mike hasn't come back from his trip yet. <laughs> 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 so, anyway, um, yeah. So, and then, and then we do end up, and it it is like when it started, I thought it was going to be much more in. Because it deals with Amy as this unique thing in time and 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 that, I thought we were going to get back into a river thing. It mm. doesn't really. It just kind of we end up back where we were. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting playing around with this. And we do find once again that Amy Bond is is unique, uh, yeah. I think. Um, and um, yeah, interesting episode. Very different, not just visually we, we get out some of the completely white area, but like it is pretty limited to your point. It's pre- very low budget. Yeah. Um, you location like an, and the, like, the doctor is only in the TARDIS. It's memorable to light. me. Yeah. Like this will be memorable to me. Like I could, I could place this differently from other episodes that mm-hmm. we saw. So, yeah. It's
1: definitely yeah. distinct. Uh, it's, um, uh, it does fix a problem with I, I hadn't because I've been a while since I watched this in order, which is Karen Gillan hasn't done much this season. I mean, she, you know, Amy's no. in the stories, but um, I, I she's sort of you know, it's, we as we were having a love affair with Rory over the last episodes, yeah, right? it's um, true. And um, uh, you know, clear this though is like a real you know, she's sort of an acting tour de force, as you say, in Emmy reel, um. Uh, I think she's very good as the older Amy. I think the older makeup works uh, for the most part. I can't tell if I'm like, is that's that i yeah. makeup or is just like, well, Karen Gillan, I know, is young and beautiful. And and, you know, and, and so I know that's makeup. Um, uh, but I think she does a uh, she does a really great job here. Um, and, um, uh, uh, you know, as, as you say, I am I am an emotional cripple. Um, uh, <laughs> so it was sort of unmoved by this. But uh, when I was rewatching this this week um, Mike happened to be on the couch with me. And at the end of her speech, uh, you know, where, where old Amy dies and she's talks about seeing Rory and is, uh, you know, going to the concert or something like that. Suddenly Mike just gets up and is like, well, that's enough of that. And is like crying. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> I like, yeah, I and I was like, Oh, I guess I am registering emotion in my, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it is a beautiful, uh, moment. And, uh, you know, um, uh, as we say, it's like there are so many stories of Rory and Amy separated and dying and blah blah blah. Um, but I guess they're they're pulled off by Amy and we talked about this like last episode. Amy and Rory, or uh, uh, Arthur Garville and, and Karen Gillen just making it work. Like right? I mean, they're good actors, um, and and they they make it work, um, and it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a great performance. Um, yeah, but again, there's a part of
0: it that's just like, all oh, right, I get it. They love each other. I feel like we've covered this. Um, <laughs> we have. But this, this is a nice one. And then nice it, one. and it messes with uh, time. And I always like the ones where they play around with time.
1: Right. And I think, um, so, you know, again, Stephen Moffat being the clever fellow that he is, as we've pointed out uh, several times, um, hang on to this. You know, there is this time can be rewritten idea, right, that, that a, a thing can play out we can realize it needs to be changed. And this is, you know, again, if you think about the larger story arc of, we know the doctor, we've seen the doctor die. Uh, and everybody's right, talking about how right. this is a fixed point in time. And so I think it's, you know, we're laying the groundwork here of like, wait a second, maybe not necessarily. Um, uh, and uh, you know, obviously, obviously spoiler alert, the doctor uh, does not die. The series does <laughs> not come to an end um, here. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, again, I think Stephen Moffat, um, and I think Rusty Davis did this too. I think they, they do identify sort of themes that are going to carry throughout the season. Um, and um, uh, you know, I think, and, and also sort of, sort of established, Hey, these are some rules or, or
0: this is the way the universe can kind of work. So um, if so- anything, this, this, this would have worked even better. I think at an earlier part of the Rory, Amy run um, where yeah. we, we're still maybe needing to be convinced about how much they were in love with each other because like remember the whole first season it's like hey is she gonna marry this guy like you know um, and also it wouldn't be wrapped up in the doctor has been killed in a time like in another timeline kind of long running Mm plotline. it didn't bother me but like I think it would have that wouldn't have been distracting at all if it had happened prior to that. So, and, and this story could have happened at any time. It's completely, they just yeah. step over here, have it, and then they're, you know, so.
1: Yeah, I think so. I guess you're, yeah, I think you're right. I I, I can't think of any reason why, like, I wouldn't have bought this from their relationship, at least, you know, any time after they, uh, I, mean, I don't wonder if it would be better if that had happened earlier to sort of convince, um, convince them about that. Um, uh, the relationship but yeah I, I think it's um, uh, no it's a great story and again it's, it's got a nice emotional punch to it um, I think um, I think when it came out it was highly regarded still is I think it's sort of one of the better stories of the season um, uh, and you know, going back to our discussion at the last podcast it's not it is here's a good example of a complex plot that's not complex right in other words it is yeah. clever right there is oh, okay this is interesting to do different time streams and how this is going to play out and the implications of it and stuff like that but you
0: always it was or even enough, just follow right you know what's thing- going on even just the thing I said to you at the beginning of like apparently it's a the planet has a plague and so that's why they invented these time streams. Like I didn't even I didn't even catch any of that. Somehow I don't know why somehow I just wasn't listening at the beginning of the episode. Um, but it didn't affect that. Like I it yeah. didn't. and right. then now I watch again. It was like oh that's interesting. That's why you would develop something like this to allow people to wow, yeah. that's that's interesting. Like you know yeah, it's a, it's a very it's a pretty clever uh, idea.
1: I think this is written by um uh, written by Tom McRae uh who has written um uh who's written a few um uh, of our past. This is not his uh, his first one. He wrote uh Rise of the Cybermen, um uh um, and The Age of Steel, uh and then yeah, the girl who rated. So um uh he's written um uh I guess just those two um uh but uh, yeah, two
0: vastly different stories amazing. All right, so why don't we move on to our classic episode it Let's is- do it. Dragonfire. Woo-hoo. This is uh, Seventh Doctor. As we mentioned last episode, we hadn't seen Ace in a while. Well, here she is again. And actually, here is the debut. Oodles of
1: Ace. Of
0: Ace. Oodles, of Ace. Oodles, of Ace. <laughs> Oodles of Ace. And also Mel, um, because this is the debut of Ace. And yeah. we say goodbye to Mel. Um, and there also glitz is hanging around, uh, being a companion for one episode. <laughs> yeah, um, he's
1: kind of a returner. We'll talk about him.
0: Oh, time. okay. So this is story number 147 right in the middle of the pack here. It is blessedly like last week, a three parter, <laughs> although to try to explain to me what was going on, they could have taken seven parts. I, I still don't understand what happened in this one. The 23rd of November through the 7th of December, my birthday. Woo. This finished airing on my 10th birthday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So
1: that's big news. Big news. I mean, news. If, if you had a party and people didn't show up, that's probably why they were probably cla- gathered probably. around
0: their television sets watching. Fla- they probably had flown to the UK. <laughs> Watch that. And we have a clip of this episode, which I'm prepared, and I will play for you. It's the kind of thing well, I do. Well, I suppose
1: it's time. Time. Funny how business time. It delights in frustrating your plans. All pain, bitterness, and hatred thwarted by a quirk of time. No, I meant. I suppose it's time I should be going. Time that I left. Yes, well, you could be right. Time for you to go. Before I go. this I... is time, Doctor. Well, then you must I... go.
0: Before I go, I'd just like There's to no say. No point,
1: that... Mel. No point hanging around wasting time.
0: No, I'm not going until I've said my piece. I just want to There's no say time, that... Mel. Oh, all right, you win.
1: I do. I usually do. I'm going now. That's right, yes, you're going. You've gone for ages. Already gone. I'm still here. Just arrived. I haven't even met you yet. It all depends on who you are and how you look at it. Strange business, time. Goodbye, Doctor. I'm sorry, Mel. <laughs> Think about me when you're living your life, one day after another. All in a neat pattern. Think about the homeless traveler and his old police box. His day is like crazy paving.
0: Who said anything about home? I've got much more crazy things to do yet. All right. That's the farewell to Mel. Yeah. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, apparently, uh, an interview on the
1: DVD is uh, one that just came out on Blu-ray. Um, they were talking about how, like, apparently the original way that scene was written was Mel was just like, well, bye. <laughs> Just <laughs> left. And then they were like oh, no. you know, she's been with him two two you know she started with the sixth star, she's been on the seventh. There's not been a ton of stories, but you know, she's been around the block a few times. Like, I feel like could we do a little bit? And so that like the script editor went and wrote like a longer goodbye scene.
0: And I think that borrows from like Special McCoy's audition piece and stuff. And they're like, It's a lovely little scene. I think it's a it's very good little speech. It's funny when you played that I was like, I really like that that little moment. I also I like particularly the moment where he kind of gets lost in himself and trails off and saying like, "You're just here. I just met you." And like, because he what he sounds like is he sounds like a senile old man, Mm -hmm. and just kind of like trailing off. He'd be like, "Hey, grandpa, like, what what are we?" (laughs) But I I think makes sense. Like his mind would be so addled by like, "Yeah, I'm saying goodbye," but then I'll also will. Meet you later, and then right, it's,
1: and especially with her character because she she was introduced in a weird way, right? Which we talked about with trial of the timeline in the chair of the purple one that like, you know, um, it's all out of order, uh, and um, so it's true. But also, yeah, as a time traveler, like yes, you know, um, sure, goodbye. But also, uh, it could be just meeting you for the first time, you know.
0: <laughs> and then just, <laughs> just, just like weird, saying it out loud yeah. for himself, like kind of gets him all like turned around. So yeah, I, it's a lovely little moment. So, I, I, so it was a great moment, and then I was like maybe this episode, maybe, maybe I ranked this too. a little bit. I was like going back through the other rest of the episodes I was like, Oh no I, no, I, no, I can't handle this. <laughs> All right. So I will try to explain with again, a huge reference to the Wikipedia page for this, because I, I would not be getting almost any of this without it. Uh, Mel and the seventh doctor arrive on ice world, aptly named ice world. Yeah. It's um, got a lot of ice, which is, I guess a trading colony. And, uh, and they run into a aforementioned glitz. You can tell me more about how we know him. Sabalom. But I, but I yeah. guess he's and he's a he's like a kind of like a pirate to me, almost like in uh, well, covered like in a glitter Han Solo. He's got, really. he's got some glitter. Yeah. Yeah. And he's paying off debts to to someone. So I guess he's like working here in the trading colony to pay off some debts. OK. <laughs> um. <laughs> He's gonna explore. He's gonna look, try to find a treasure protected mm-hmm. by a dragon. A map, he has a yeah. map given to him by Kane in exchange. Kane will return his ship. You're right. This is very Han Solo. The Nosferatu and clear his debts. Uh, the Doctor and Mel are gonna help. Glitz says it's too dangerous for Mel. She stays behind at a local diner and meets Ace, who's a 16 year old woman trying to talk herself up as older, but she's like a young kid who's come from earth uh, propelled by a time storm. I missed this in her bedroom. Um, uh, and then- I missed it too. So it's a throwaway line, right? It's giving her origin story, but it's thrown away
1: very quickly. And also Mel, who's from 1980s earth and granted has traveled with the doctor stuff, doesn't really react. She's like, Oh yeah, I was experimenting around and then I busted whipped up a time storm and here I am. And Mel's just like,
0: Hmm. <laughs> It'll happen. Um, we do hear, I thought it was interesting to hear that that stuff from Ace because you find out that she's, you know, she's a teenager and she's kind of like this like rebellious teenager. Troubled teenager. Also, she's super smart. She's talking about how she like, yeah, I developed my own explosives in a lab. I haven't. It's like, whoa. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I thought that was really, she's she's an interesting character right off the bat. Um, And you do, I think, even if you were watching this back then, you get the sense from the beginning of the episode, like Ace is there she's you know involved in the plot but she's so she's so clearly going to be the companion now Mm. you don't necessarily maybe know that mel's leaving but like you know that she's this girl sticking around like because there's no reason for her to be in the story otherwise really yeah okay so the doctor and glitz follow the map but they were actually being tracked by kane uh and kane is kind of sent out a bunch of people is tracking a bunch of people and controlling some people who ha- are are indebted to him, then wipes their memories and turned into henchmen by touching him. Uh like, he's, he's, they somehow the, they they touch the
1: coin, it's the frozen coin, and that meant they yeah. agreed to do what he wanted basically. Uh,
0: so a bunch of those are following them to 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 once they find the treasure to grab it. They meet the dragon, which is actually a. a, a like a robot, or, or I guess a half robot.
1: Biomechanoid. Half... A biomechanoid. Biomechanoid, God, I'm, I'm so
0: sorry. I mean, come on, That can shoot lasers <laughs> from its eyes, which is mm-hmm. a great feature. Mm-hmm. Now, you, John, you were recently talking about going to get contact lenses. I would recommend if they could put <laughs> in lasers. lasers into your eye. That's I think the better choice. Right. I I mean, think... They're going to be like, hey, do you want to get LASIK? And
1: I'm like, oh yeah, and they're going no, yes. shoot lasers in your eyes. I was <laughs> like, no, no, I want to shoot lasers out of my eyes. Turn that around. <laughs> Turn that... <laughs> could we put mirrored contact lenses in? <laughs>
0: Um Mel and ace arrive uh, the dragon uh, helps protect them and leads them to a control room where it plays a message and the a holographic message explains that kane is one half of the kane Xana criminal gang from the planet promon yeah uh, they were chased down yeah and okay. of course Xana, who's Kane's lover, killed herself in the process. Mm-hmm. Kane was exiled here. The message uh, lets us know also that Ice World is actually a giant spacecraft powered mm-hmm. by uh, the power source that's in the dragon's <laughs> head. Yeah. And Kane wants this because then I don't he, know, I understand your problems here. <laughs> then that's how he could escape Svartos. Um, and then... But Kane must have been here for a millennium, and as we've said, if you're trapped on a planet for millennia, you just start to want to take things over. You just get antsy. You get, but, antsy. but only after like several millennia. Yeah, like, you did, you're too. just hanging out, and you're
1: like, "All right, well, obviously, this is going to keep
0: going here." <laughs> so Kane hears about this. He sends a bunch of people to take the dragon's head because he's like, "Oh, there it is. That's what I want." Uh, the Nosferatu gets destroyed. Uh included with people aboard, right? The people were Yeah, killed. it's very remember um
1: this seems to be a thing they kept doing in um uh in these things. Um remember um in uh Dalton and the Bannerman, which is a story immediately before this, uh remember the it's a lighthearted little romp with musical numbers yeah, and, yeah. And, and then suddenly they blow up the bus with every single all the incidental care all the extra characters yes. like, oh they my gosh
0: the magical mystery tour bus that they're yeah. all on yeah yeah wow um so the 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 dragon uh biomechanoid is decapitated kane tells the doctor and, and the others like bring bring the head back he does uh and then uh the the ice world takes off. The ice world ship takes off. Yeah, yeah. And like we set do. a course to Promon, but the computers can't do it, and it's because Promon was destroyed right. uh, years, ago, years ago yeah. when the sun it was orbiting went supernova. So Kane goes insane. He commits suicide. Uh, uh, Raiders
1: of the Lost Ark style, right? I mean, you got that face melting, a nice, a nice face got some melting Face theme. melting. Gotta have that. It melts
0: into just a little puddle. Mm-hmm. And uh, order is restored on Ice World, though it is now floating around in space as opposed yeah. to being on a planet. Right. He called Glitz. Glitz takes over the whole world. He says, yeah. I am now in charge of Ice World. He renames it Nosferatu 2. Nosferatu was his ship. Nosferatu 2. And Mel says, you know what, Glitz? I like the cut of your chip. (laughs) I'm going to stay here with you. And um, Ace, I think, again, everything with Ace here I liked. And Mm. then Ace, I like how the doctor sort of offers her to come along. And she's so touched. Like, oh, my God. Like, yes, I want to I, I, I like how they started off their journey together. So, yeah. wait, you're saying what happens next here? Oh, no, you were saying Delta and the Bannerman was right before this. Yes, this is the season oh, wow. finale, right? I mean, so so this funny. is it.
1: This is the big, the big finale of, and of like, that season. 24. we've You've talked about all
0: of season 24, by the way. Oh, okay. We've talked about Delta and the Bannerman uh, or the Seventh Doctor in general because we talked about the Seventh Doctor last week. And uh, yeah, not my favorite. Um, but I always think back to Delton the Bannerman's like, I, that one is just so fun. Like, I mean <laughs> that, it's just so silly. This one this one is impenetrable. Uh, we actually last episode we talked about complexity. This the complexity is a hindrance here. <laughs> it is a bit of a hindrance here. I thought. I mean, I just well, I found this hard. It's um
1: so what's happening uh is um uh Kane uh I just explained in this one info dump uh, somewhere in episode two, I think Kane is a, a criminal. Uh, his wife or girlfriend or whatever, Oksana, whatever her name is. Um, they were Bonnie, the Bonnie and Clyde of whatever planet they're from. Uh, they get uh sentenced. Uh, she kills herself before uh she goes. So he's, he's getting the loss of this. Um, and they get sentenced. They're from a cold planet, so they get sentenced to this this ice world, uh, which is the dark side of the planet. Uh, and um, their jailer is the the dragon thing. Um, now, for some reason, the jailer has the power source for the whole colony in its head. I'm not quite sure why that's the case, um, uh, Grant you. Uh, but because he likes cold and the dragon breathes fire or laser beams, uh, he can't get near it, right? He can't go anywhere to find it. Uh, So he's got to get other people to look for this trust. He creates this myth of this treasure and tries to get other people to go after it. Again, why it takes centuries before anybody does this. I guess he was too busy running the freezer center and the the (laughs) milkshake bar uh, that seemed to be the center of this planet. Um, And then, yes. And so then, uh, you know, the doctor and and Glitz find the treasure and blah, blah, blah. so yeah i mean that's that's sort of the the rough part of the story of uh, my favorite part though is uh he's obsessed he's a little crazy but he's obsessed with this this woman and remember he's uh, this big part of sort of like oh they're C- making kane this... is obsessed with yeah kane is obsessed and they're making this ice sculpture uh of the woman and It's, you know, clearly this thing made of styrofoam or whatever. And at one point it's finished. He's like, it's so beautiful and perfect. And you look, it's like a face that I could have made. It's like this floppy face (laughs) of ice, fake ice. Um, Speaking of the ice, uh, Spencer McCoy uh, has given several interviews where he talks about this, where he's sort of like – there was the director did not really give them too much to work with here. Uh, And so um, uh, he thought he's like, okay, well it's an ice planet. So we should be slipping on the ice, right? It should be hard to walk on the, on the ice quarters as we go down into the planet. But he was the only one who did it. So he's like slipping. Everyone else is casually strolling through the quarters. And he's like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And he's like, so that didn't quite work. Um, uh, This also has the, famous cliffhanger the much derided cliffhanger uh, at the end of episode one uh he's wandering through the ice tunnels and for no readily apparent reason just climbs over the railing and tries to climb down sort of this giant wall uh and and then suddenly slipping down the umbrella and that's the cliffhanger it's a literal cliffhanger um, <laughs> but the way it's directed it's not, cl- no, it, it appears that he just randomly decided to go over the side of the thing and gets in trouble. And then they show this sort of infinite drop. And then at the end of the, uh, the, the beginning of the next episode, Glitz just kind of climbs down and then catches him, basically. It, it's bizarre. uh um, uh um So there's a much, much derided cliffhanger. So, like, oh, this is a, gotta have an ending here. We're to have a, a moment here. um uh Glitz is played by Tony Selby. He's a pretty well known uh we just passed away actually recently, uh, but he's a pretty well-known sort of UK actor. Um uh and uh Glitz was also uh in Trial of the Time Lord, uh, which is the we the Terror of the vervoise it's the only one we've watched at that, but that was that multi-story trial thing in the sixth doctor. And so this is a returning character. Um and I think the production team just liked him. Um I he's fine. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not knocking <laughs> anyone's socks off, but uh he seems like a fine enough character um uh
0: the maybe um, he was like fun at cast parties yeah like, exactly
1: eh. I, that, that's not far off of how some of these things are um Balazs, the the red-headed woman who's sort of the henchman um that's play. she's played by patricia quinn who was in rocky horror picture show she's i guess actually quite a famous actress herself um uh and yeah fairly um, uh, magenta in the in Rocky, which i've actually never seen rocky Horror picture i'll admit that uh, here folks you've heard it here first folks um uh, make what hey you will out of that. Uh Oh well, John, <laughs> c- you have critics. to see it. It's uh, it's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but it's it's a cult classic. Uh, um, I don't quite get thing, it. Apparently. Um <clears throat> uh and um it's got intri- I mean it's, it's a weird mix of effects, right? It's got sort of this fake plasticky ice things everywhere. Um but then also that model of the spaceship taking off is pretty good at the end and his face melting is pretty impressive for Doctor Who and stuff like that. Um also, though, that is interesting. It, it, it highlights like, this is uh, this is by um, um, uh, this is by Ian Briggs, uh, another sort of fan author who was doing sort of an early, sort of first writing uh, thing, and um, there's a lot of different elements. Like, you've got kind of Han Solo and the Glitz character. You've got uh, the face melting off, like Indiana Jones. You've got uh, the thing where they hunt the alien with the big guns, which is straight out of the movie Alien, right? With the little sensors that's like it's all around us or whatever. Um, uh, so clearly, like, hey, I'm a sci-fi fan and I like these little elements. So I'm gonna put them together into this thing. Uh, but yeah, the big thing here is, is you you say goodbye to Mel, uh, who never really got much of a shot, and I, you know, I I think she's again the character's been redeemed by the audio adventures. Uh, and Bonnie Langford is is I actually like Mel a lot. Um, and you know, Bonnie Langford is is doing her best but she said she's like you know and when the interviews TV, like why did you why did you leave at this time she's like well there wasn't i just screamed a lot there wasn't a lot of character development here uh there was not much to do
0: uh and she was she's already one a big of, actress she's one of the companions who the doctor just sort of like talks over a lot i mean we even saw yeah. it in that final scene like she's trying to like i'm trying to say goodbye to you and he's just like <laughs> talking <laughs> past her
1: um she was a very well established and famous um uh actress uh, she'd be a child actress and and so and she was in big in theater so she it was kind sort of like all right well man, whatever i don't i don't need this gig um <laughs> so i'm gonna go off and uh do my other thing um and then yeah and then you have ace and that, as i think we talked about so it was ace uh, or, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, the woman from, you've been, I, um, it was going to be one of them. Uh, and they were sort of both stories are kind of, and they had endings for both of them. Uh, and they, they sort of figured out which was, sort of looking at both actresses. Um, fun, interesting fact. This was Sophie Aldridge's first television, anything. She's, she's like, I had never been in a TV studio before. Um And, um, you know, she does a pretty good job. There's, a, you know, she's got some tough lines. She's got to try to make credible, which may be hard to do. Well, they make
0: her to- they make her say ace lots yeah. of times yeah. as an um, exclamation, which I thought would have worked probably isn't just isn't a great idea anyway, but would have worked better if she was one of those like I'm kind of this orphaned <laughs> earth girl and I don't have a name or I'm not telling you a name. And then they were just saying like the doctor's like, oh, I'll call you ace, like yeah. you know, whatever. But instead it's like, no, we're already calling you ace. Yeah. And then you're you're I saying say ace. It's like maybe someone yeah. needs to take oh. you aside and be like, hey, easy, easy. So that's that. when
1: you when you something good happens to you, you go, Porter. Porter. That's, that's Porter. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, it is a weird, she's got this uh, that that backstory about the time stream. I missed that uh when I first saw this. It took me, a while to figure out although this happens to dr because i also missed that turlo was an alien which is sort of thrown away very quickly as of these early episodes i thought uh so but yes the whole time storm thing is important it comes back and i mentioned it in chris of and some of these other things about how how she got off modern day earth um but again i think it's ruined by the fact that mel's just like no all right time storm (laughs) yeah yeah, those are those are brutal (laughs) um uh but yes, in general, uh, um, she's uh, uh, she's a good job. They they and I, I I think possibly it is her performance that somewhat says it because it, it could sort of on the surface it could not work in some ways uh, because it's clearly the BBC like here's a streetwise tough girl blah, 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 but she can't swear or, you know, talk like a normal uh, girl can because this is a children's series on the BBC. And so, you know, we, we give her this weird sort of patter of like, uh, you know, her exclamations are like wicked and Gordon Bennett. And, uh, you know, Hey, bilge bag is like what she says to glitz and stuff like that. And it's like, it shouldn't quite work. Cause it is just kind of like, this is what a rebellious child looks like to 45 year old television executives, but it's somehow she plays it enough that she can be like, All right, yeah, I'll go along with it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not quite ridiculous.
0: Here we are, a couple of themes trying to make our way today. You and me were topics that appear throughout the Doctor Who stories. A couple of themes together again, making our way together again, theming me me and theme together play on silver spoons <laughs> it started out, but we're adherents to the repeating themes and i kind of just covered what they're about but i think you wanted to talk a little bit about companions so i wanted a buddy like there's yeah some buddies no, but you know.
1: I, i'm pretty sure there's you and me a couple of silver spoons that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's, that's a that Ricky was what, that was what i would call a jumping off point uh yeah, for that the
1: so- that's a throwback. Uh, I used to be really creeped out, creeped out by Ricky Schroeder too. I don't know why. Um, by him as a child star, or, yeah. By or? him as a child actor. Uh, huh, I wonder uh, I mean, why. I'm Sure, now he's probably completely normal. But uh, <laughs> just <laughs> being here, really, was, was he was a super rich kid, right? And his dad was like a weird, immature guy, and I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah. Let's talk about companions because now, all right, we've got we've got a sampling a smorgasbord of companions. Um, yeah. So what's interesting about uh ace is that she is often cited and, and people, you know, she's created by Ian Briggs who wrote this story uh, and um, uh, you know, based on a uh, a, um, a sort of outline of a character that the script stuff is interesting that the original name is going to be Alf, which is a terrible name for a girl <laughs> campaign <laughs> especially because I don't know if the series Alf had come out yet and, um, you know, that would probably really undermine I think Alf was late 80s because we didn't have the puppet technology yeah, until the until the early nineties. Um, to hold <laughs> <pull> that
0: off. <laughs> so it was eighty seven.
1: Huh. Yeah. Look that up. Um and so there is some talk of like, well, Ace is the first modern companion. Um uh you know, in yeah, the Alf would have
0: already come out. That's okay, weird. Well,
1: so yes, then that, maybe that's why they went with Ace instead. <laughs> <laughs> um But, uh, yeah, I mean, she's got a backstory. She's more realistic than a lot of the other ones. Um, She's got character arcs, right? They sort of, you know, they're trying to turn her into a seasoned traveler and stuff like that. Um, So she's maybe the prototype for Amy, right, or Rose or these characters that... Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, the series becomes about them, right? I mean, you, you really distinguish the different eras of the modern series by, you know, all right, there's traveling with Rose and there's the Rose years and then the tone and everything changes with Martha and then Donna and then then now you've got uh, Amy and Mixie and, and Rory, which is really interesting to add sort of this uh, thing, but, but and now they all have families and friends and relatives. And you see them, they go home right, all the time right, and right. check in with stuff. Whereas, you know, um, uh, classic Doctor Who and Mel and, and you know, Tegan and Sarah and all these other people, they just, you know, they might have a little bit of a backstory, but it would be like, she's a journalist. She's an air stewardess. <laughs> it's like, that's all you need to know, people. Uh, and then they would just be whisked off. and would never mention friends, family, or anyone else again. <laughs> right, they were just along
0: for this ride. Yeah. And in fact, with like, for for several of them, it seems like, the plot the kind of running but it was more of just a gag of saying like yeah yeah i'm taking you back to your home and then right. they just never get there right. they
1: never get there and so and they have like maybe they have character traits to extend um uh but it was like very difficult for like um uh trying to maintain some continuity they had to end up and often becoming the sort of generic thing because like jamie who's a wonderful companion or victoria um, or, or someone like Leela who's a savage or something like that. Like you get to a point where it's just going to be like some, they're going to be like, what's that? And I was like, it's a candle. I was like, okay, we don't <laughs> have time to explain candles. <laughs> like every episode. like we're just going to give them some knowledge here, some baseline knowledge or whatever. Do. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess my initial question is what, do, who do you like? Which companions do you, or style do you like the best? Do you like the, amy where it's the series is almost about her and it's her story you know as sort of interwoven with the doctors do you like ace where it's still the dark it's still the doctor story but you know ace has got some character development or do you like mel who's just a redhead who screams and she seems (laughs) she's, she's kind of fun to be around
0: well i definitely prefer the ones that have something going on with them whether they tend to explore it or not like, so for example, I, I really like Ace and it's funny to me that she was the last classic companion. Like they sort of hit upon, uh, or something really great with her and then she's really not there for, for terribly long. And then the whole thing ends, I guess they go out on a high note. Um, I like the team so far I've enjoyed the teams of companions much I like Rory and Amy. I don't really like when it's like a team of companions, but they themselves are just different castaways put together. Mm -hmm. I feel that's very distracting. I mean, sometimes they have chemistry and get along okay, but it's just, it's too complicated. It's like (laughs) you have tegan and then who's there with tegan um nissa and she's an yeah, alien yeah. and
1: you have adrick <laughs> oh, right yeah. right
0: there's three of them and it's it's too much but but i think rory and amy work because they just have their own thing going on and then they're 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 together with him um i don't know if i need the whole plot line to revolve around them um I thought that happened as I've talked about that too much with Rose. It's like can we just move on from Rose (laughs) to the point that the next companion didn't even really get much. I mean, I know we did go into Martha's story some, but it was really overwhelmed by the like Rose canon. Yeah. Um, I I but I two ends you mean? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Blasted Rose. the The
0: funny thing with I would say Rory and Amy is, and but this may. I don't know. This may be more about season arcs than necessarily whether it's a companion arc or not. But that, like, once you start the season arc, then it's you want the resolution to it. So it's sort of hard to start it. And then be like, hey, that was pretty cool, right? Set that aside for <laughs> four or five episodes. Like, you want to know what's, how it's wrapping up? So um, I thought they did it well with the initial Amy arc, which was. The wedding, the pan to the wedding dress, mm-hmm. and then we kind of trickle back into that, and then ultimately, like we resolve it. I thought that was just done really, really well. With this one, with them having kids, and and then the thing with River, or whatever, it feels like I, I I'm kind of feel a little adrift with it. Of like, well, and part of that maybe just like the kickoff of it was a little confusing. And um, anyway, so I don't mind the plot lines that completely ro- revolve around the companions or that they are such strong characters that some of the, not just, not just season arcs, but like episode plots uh, revolve around or or, are, are, are tailored toward them being this companion being there or even having Dr. Light episodes and stuff like that. Like I like that if they're good characters, I don't tend to like, I guess what I don't like are when the companions are just sort of like ciphers that are there for the doctor. to have someone to talk to Mm -hmm. of like, I need, it would be weird for me to talk out loud to myself. So come over here so I can talk at you and lay some pipe for the story. Baker, he was right. Tom
1: Baker wanted a talking cabbage on his shoulder. That made it from the way to go. Yeah,
0: I don't care for that. Um, <laughs> And so, and then I don't like the groups of companions because it just seems like random. Like, I just, I, the exceptions that I've liked honestly were the very first set, but actually they were related because Susan and she's working again. Susan was a student. Yeah. Yeah. They, they all knew each other. They were both teachers at the school and they knew each other. So, again, that, that worked. But, um, I, I don't really like, they're fine. Like I liked Jamie. So when Jamie was there with Victoria and he's there with someone else too, uh, Joey later. Yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Cause I like him, but I, it could have just been one or the other. It didn't need to be. Yeah. I think w- the way to handle that better is just sometimes you have people who, for lack of a better explanation, feel like they're companions for a day. Like for this story, they're kind right. of another companion. Yeah. That's fine. Um, and so I would rather, I like it better when they just use that technique and then keep the strong companion, um, you know, What's interesting to me is um and I think goes toward how they really built this engine of a show that's like you can just do this forever is that there isn't to me a type of companion that sticks out as that's the that's the one it's like mm-hmm. no like I just mentioned I like Jamie as a companion who is a particular type I like I keep forgetting their names, but they were the I didn't like Susan, but the 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 two teachers. Barbara were, and Ian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Barbara and Ian, they are a completely different type of companion. I, I liked um um uh, of course I liked uh Sarah Jane, but I, I liked Leela. I and yeah. and then I liked Ace. So it's like it's not just like oh you need a strong woman who can stand up to the doctors like yes that works um but that's not the only type that works and you can also have these groups um i certainly don't think and i was happy they found a way slowly to move away from with the new who that it's like oh it has to be kind of maybe a romantic thing going right, yeah. on it's well, like they're in love with each other that's interesting but then you move so i what's i think genius about the show is that like there isn't a type there isn't a one companion type that works to me but again the ones that don't it's not even so much that a particular character isn't working is that like you didn't really make a character you made just kind of a right a, just a question machine and that's what a, a that's what often
1: uh that's what bonnie langford who played mel was kind of complaining about is i might and, and you know they, if you see interviews with the older companions in particular they're like my job was to say why doctor what's that doctor who's that doctor <laughs> and they're like right, and that right. gets old um uh it is interesting, it's interesting you mentioned the dynamic around multiple characters um you actually see this in in the uh, the jody whittaker years uh she travels with a lot uh and in the initial season it's uh it's a it's a, a step-grandfather and his grandson and then this other woman who's a police officer uh, and they all meet together um and it kind of illustrates exactly what you're saying, which is the uh, the Graham and and uh, Ryan, I think the, the they um, uh, the grandfather and the grandson. Uh, they have it's really interesting, right? There's a, there's a complex dynamic there that's also going on, uh, and so they have interesting interactions as well as with the doctor and uh, uh, Yaz, who's a you know great actress and, and whatnot has nothing to do. Like I mean, she's just like, just like and
0: also her. Like yeah, she's yeah. like,
1: hey, she's like Marianne and, and the rest on Gilligan's Island. She's like, oh yeah, <laughs> she's around. Um and you it take it's it's her her it's taking it's taken a while for her to develop. Um uh and and so yeah without that anyway and of course you had in classic you have the problem of the rule was no hanky panky like you know it'd be like ah if if Adric and and Tegan or if Tegan and Nissa like had fallen in love and had a lesbian relationship <laughs> it'd be interesting. But you can't obviously do that in 80s Doctor Who um or at least not explicitly.
0: That, um, right that would be interesting even if they had come from different places if they then yeah, sort of got together you like, interaction okay. yeah versus all just
1: uh, versus the hub and spoke right the doctor's the hub and everybody's just orbiting around him um i think i do think it's a um what i like about mal uh so, you know, I think an issue partly it, an Ace is a little bit of this, but, you know, again, I think she's a good character as well. But is, is they did sort of get into, and Rose is a student, you're, you're a little into this angsty teenager thing, like, oh, you know, here's this young person, they have issues and challenges, and, and they're, you know, trying to figure things out, and blah, blah. blah um which again is interesting if it's not overdone and i think why people really like donna so much was yeah, she was she's very a like a
0: mature woman like right. yeah yeah
1: she was in love with him um and i think that's mel um especially as it's developed in the in the eyes mel's very much mel's um uh it's mentioned in her establishing stories but again it seems to be forgotten very quickly she's a computer programmer uh she's smart oh, yeah. that's uh that's not very even touched on yeah um so that's kind of ignored. So she's. She ends up sort of playing as sort of an older, more mature character. It's just interesting. It's nice to see the doctor not have to be the parent, but actually have, you know, to be like, hey, this is a, you know, much more equal. Uh, But what's great great is that, again,
0: both can work. Yeah. And to that end, like... If you mix it up, yeah. um, You had... Tegan, who again, not that she was like dumb as a brick or whatever, but was just self-described. She's like, I'm I'm, I'm a stewardess and yeah. like that, like Mouth on she, legs. <laughs> she wasn't a scientist or whatever, yeah. right? But she was a great companion. But then, I mean, I, I really liked um, who was before uh, Joe Grant? Um, uh, Liz Shaw. Yeah. Yeah, Science. Liz Shaw. I liked her and I know that they, they didn't like it and moved off with her or whatever. But like, I thought she was a great companion and she was like basically as smart as the doctor. So yeah. like, I think it's cool that there's so many different things that can work. The one that, um, they haven't really done on the show, but, uh, they did in the audios that worked
1: really well. Um, and I'm surprised that, I guess, because, you know, the shows need to have, because, you know, we're getting to this age where we're going to be, it's, this is us too. Um, they had a, the six doctor traveled for a while with a, uh, a older college professor, Evelyn, uh, Evelyn, uh, Evelyn Smythe, And she's like in her, she's like a grandmother. Like she's in her sixties. Um, and, um, <clears throat> uh, and that was really good. Uh, she was an enormously popular character. People loved her. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, very different dynamic, right, to have him traveling with somebody who's you know, definitely not falling in love at the drop of the hat with everybody, around him, like, but also, um, you know, has strong opinions. And she was a history professor, and so she had strong opinions about history and, and some of the, you know, changing history and things like that. She's a great character um they haven't done that really with the tv series which is a little disappointing i think um, graham who's was just mentioned the grandfather is probably the oldest one of the older companions that they've had um well and, and donna's fa- Don Don like, father was
0: sort of a companion for yeah
1: right wolf uh um uh who just, uh, who just passed, Co- passed, away, passed away right yes that, yeah. Is, uh, um, so um uh but whatever uh <laughs> that's our that's our mind probe eulogy whatever um so, yeah, I think um, uh, I, I think you're, you're kind of hitting the mark here um, in that um, for me, I think it's like, OK, I need a, um I want them to have a little development. and need. And that's the other thing. The doctor can't develop very much. Right. Um, uh, because a the character resets every new actor basically in some ways. And, um, you know, there's, there's only so many arcs that you can, this eternal being that no one can understand can go through. Um, so also it gives you some kind of like part of a running story or easy thing is like, okay, at least, you know, as a writer, you're like, I I need a character to be able to develop. Um, and this cypher who's always the same, that's very difficult to do is father Christmas character basically. Um, and, uh, you know, here's at least with companions, I can play with it and I can, you know, bad things can happen. They could die, there's a lot of different options for them, um, and so uh, uh, you know I think the the realization with Ace was oh we can actually make an interesting character that has a story arc, uh, and then obviously that plays into the into the modern era. Okay, so we like them all. Got it. Well, Noted. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna close out this theme section by revisiting our classic list of the companions who oh, should have been, been yeah. because it's led off by uh, her name is Ray from Delta and the Band. Ray, nice, nice, nice. Then we have uh, Dugan from City of Death. Duggan, yeah. No. Duggan, sorry. Uh, Lady Christina from Planet of the Dead. Oh, I'm yeah, sure her. that she would be a companion. She's and she'd all, be a good one, right? Strong character. Uh, yeah, I like her. Strong <laughs> character, dressed in leather a lot. I mean, it's all good. It's all there. It's, um, it's basically what attracted you to Mrs. Probe. Strong character. Yes, exactly.
1: Constant leather outfits.
0: Uh, H.G. Wells from Time... Kid, like, you know, a, a, Herbert, uh, as they call him there, but it's essentially H.G. Wells like Muppet Baby version from Time Lash. <laughs> he was great. To your point of the of the audio, uh, Mrs. Moore from Rise of the right. Summer was, um, oh, I thought she'd been a great companion. Rosita from The Next Doctor liked her, uh, Rubish from Time Warrior, uh, older, Organon older. from Creature from the older. Pit. Uh, older also. Uh, Professor Rumford from Stones of Blood.
1: Older woman, right? I,
0: we want an older companion. We crave it. And still my favorite, <laughs> uh, the possibly gay boy from Idiot's Lantern, who I, <laughs> I refuse to look up his name <laughs> Uh, all right uh, john how you doing it was a good rousing uh how are you my companion i'm I'm just reminiscing to the time when i was probably known as the possibly gay boy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, but but otherwise doing doing fine doing good fine We're, we're cruising through the summer here There's 299 official Doctor Who television stories, John. And we've only ranked 100. And they're
1: refusing, by the way, to tell us about the 300. Like, this is becoming a a, a laughable. So the centenary special supposedly coming in October. Nothing. Not a single uh, word about it. Uh, Russell Davies is trying to, like, hold back publicity. (laughs) There's a sarcastic article um, on a a Doctor Who news site uh, uh, because the the current producer is getting some heat. Um, There's a sarcastic article. Chris Gibnell is the current uh, showrunner. It said Chris Chibnall refuses to release centenary special for fear of spoilers. He's like, ah, it'll be better in your head anyway. <laughs> like, ah. so he doesn't want to spoil it, so he just refuses to release the episode. He's like, ah, this is a joke, of course. He's like, why aren't you telling us anything? So yeah, anyway, three uh, hundred's coming, but we it's 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 being held in hostage by. The well, current.
0: that's very interesting because I wanted to take a a a second to go down a path of we talked that Ace was almost called Alf i'm gonna tell you something about alf alf ran for four seasons for people who weren't alive during this yeah wow it was a like for people who weren't alive during this period please look up alf and then before looking too much into it like look at pictures that you see and just know that it was easily no question the number one television show and television was different back then that didn't just mean like oh it had a cult following like a netflix show it's like everyone in the country maybe yes. the, i don't know how it did internationally but everyone in the united states sat down it was a, this was monday appointment nights. television yeah it was monday night this Yeah, it ran for it it burned bright and, <laughs> <laughs> and and when i was only four seasons 99 episodes Now i don't know if you remember this but you had to get to 100, 100 syndication yeah. so what they did is they had three one-hour episodes which is Funny to think of that you did a one-hour episode about <laughs> a very special. And Alf. by the way, the show is this alien who ends up staying with this suburban family, and the alien is done by this. He He's like a fast-talking puppet, and he talks yep. like a Catskills kind of comedian. And my very, is it, is a great the father uh, Willie. I think was his
1: name, yes. right? Willie uh, talk,
0: talk like oh, Alf, please just put the stuff Alf, down. Do
1: oh, Alf, um, uh, say I've read interviews with him, hated. Loathed the show <laughs> and thought that he he thought he was this great sort of Shakespearean great actor. Uh, and he was on this show it was Max right Max yes. Max Wright. and he hated the show passionately it was apparently a very difficult set to work on um
0: oh, i can imagine and it was anyway please please watch some of the show if because it is Hilarious. it is such a just like standard sitcom family and again that that guy is actually was, was actually very funny yeah. everyone else is kind of like i can't even remember them they were just like he had a wife and kids a like a daughter and a young son of course yeah um and then one of my favorite parts of the show is generally alf would just pop up from behind the couch and talk because kind of like the muppets like right. he didn't have legs but then every now and again they would need to show alf like running from one room to another so they had like a little person then in a costume for those for those little shots and something about the way they always did it it was so unsettling to me because it was like they do just, a forced perspective. I think it would do it from above to make him
1: look smaller. I think you're right. That's and, right. It wasn't the standard
0: yeah. three camera thing. They would cut to another shot. Plus Alf had legs. Suddenly you never saw it. And he was just moving in, in a strange way. <laughs> it was so off-putting anyway. I mentioned all this to say, um, all that's important. I'm glad yes, we mentioned it. Absolutely. But also to say that the series concluded with an unresolved cliffhanger. Right. And I did not know this. And then they they later released a TV movie to wrap up the cliffhanger. Yeah, his planet was Alf. destroyed or like, something. Uh, and then a, the uh, final uh, note on Alf is that a reboot was probably several times has been planned but in august 2018 recently they started a reboot reboot and then it was canceled but in february of th- this year uh it was announced that shout shout factory has acquired distribution rights to the alf titles and would develop new alf related content wow. there was so that a cartoon too on the uh, about there was his a cartoon. life
1: on melmac which is the planet he's from all this i remember but my favorite memory of alf is not is not telling us so also kids Kids gather around, gather around the old podcast receptacle. That's um, what we call it. Uh, they used to show movies on television, uh, and and uh, you know Tuesday night the movie, Sunday the movies, Sunday the movies and, stuff. Uh, and so you would tape them on your VCR machine, and the commercials would be through movies. And so I, and there are certain ones as a kid you'd watch over and over again. So for me, there are certain like Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan, fantastic mm-hmm. movie always watched it on vhs tapes right and so um for in my head there is i can't remember exact, the exact scene if i watched the movie like on dvd it would come back to me there is a scene a dramatic star trek 2 scene that ends and then cuts immediately to an alf commercial for a <laughs> yes. and i remember it was about something happened where ants got loose in the house that was the sitcom plot or something Alf let the ants out somehow uh and so the whole ad was like it's an entrancer uh it's an enchanter yeah like it's like ant pun uh <laughs> things and that's all i remember but so yes this is very like dramatic when we're like i don't know con puts the things in their ears or something like that and then on the dvd it just goes on to the next scene of the thing but in my head it's like that's part Alf, of the movie you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, I just want to mention. I'm sorry, I said this was it, but I just found out that I did not know this in two thousand and four, they did an Alf reboot as a talk show oh as, right. Where Alf was a you know like a like Johnny Space Carson Ghosts or something. yeah, yeah, Johnny Carson like talk show host. But it co-starred the actual Ed McMahon as his sidekick. Oh. Uh, it lasted uh seven episodes. <laughs> um it was on TV. And it on. was banned in thirty-two countries. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is all just to say we're gonna rank these two episodes, <laughs> these two stories. Yeah, the elf so,
1: podcast so if Shout releases new Alf, obviously. I think no, we have so to we'll fold that into this podcast.
0: Um so I'll I'll go quickly through here. Yes, I I really like the girl who waited. Um I thought, again, this would definitely be one that I thought was interesting if I was going to show someone and be like, hey, they mess around with time travel. And the idea of this, I think this would be a cool one to show. You don't have to know that much about Amy and Rory other than, yes, that they are in love um, and and you can get into it. So I have this fairly high. I have this 22 mm-hmm. um, just uh, below Genesis of the Daleks, just above human nature, family mm-hmm. of blood. Mm-hmm for it's a seventh doctor story i have this uh, pretty low um there were some nice moments but i do have a pretty low i have it below the curse of the black spot i have it just above the doctor who movie mm-hmm. um i have so that's at 116 okay. i have that in um right. you know it's it's better than some <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, don't, no, I don't actively hate it so. and again it's like
0: i like things that I like ace and I, I don't know, but it just, yeah, I don't, know. it was so complicated.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we're pretty close on that one. So, a so, uh, girl who waited. Um, also upper third on my, uh, my list here, I guess yeah, we're getting into the close. Time, is, um, uh, I, I put it right by, I put it number 52. I put it right by human nature and family of blood. Cause it's that, that real emotional punch, uh, story to me that that's, that's what's out there. Also gridlock, which I think is a very sweet, um, and, uh, for sad story too um and father's day so this isn't is clearly my uh, my this is in the emotion section <laughs> of my, uh, my rankings. um uh which makes sense yeah i mean you know again i you know, it is um it is sort of a it's a it's actually a relative rarity in doctor who um mm-hmm. uh to have sort of these very heart tugging they become obviously more common in the new series as, as the writing gets more sort of character driven um and it is it is great, and Karen Gillan is amazing, uh, and uh, and you know not not a lot actually happens, but uh, it's 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 well done. And it, yeah, it's, again, it's a nice sort of character meditation on them. Uh, Dragon yeah, I got that pretty low. Uh, I got it down by Silver Nemesis. It's a one oh seven Battlefield Silver Nemesis. Apparently there's a little Seventh Doctor section here, <laughs> um, actually. <laughs> um, uh, and you know, it's, it's, um, uh, I'll give it the rating that you kind of did from the uh, last episode for Ghostlight, which is it's only three episodes, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, right, quickly, right, um, I, you know, I like, uh, I, I, it's, it's, it looks a little chintzy, you know, the, I think it's a little 80s production values, um, and it, I think, I don't know, the core is there, right? I mean, it, it maybe if you would had a little more development of characters something like that there's an interesting core there of like oh this, this tragic tale of this guy who you know and, and the treasure idea might be kind of clever but again it just doesn't quite have time to fully develop and we didn't even talk about the, the inexplicable addition of the little girl
0: in the silver dress just wandering around for several episodes i guess and then they closed the episode yeah with her
1: yeah. uh and um I always uh, I
0: kind of felt like she was supposed to represent um uh Ace somehow. Yeah,
1: maybe. I mean, and, and you know, there's nothing um uh, we didn't talk about this but uh, um the one moment that I thought was misplaced really in this story was um it's in the middle of episode 1. So we've only known Ace for like 10 minutes where he offers her the the sovereign right and tries to tempt her um uh to join him Kane does uh she sweeps away and runs off, but I was like, "Oh, that. That should have come later. Like, that should have been like, hey, you know, maybe we get to know her a little bit better and understand her backstory and all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, uh, you know, it's this big moment of choice of like, well, she wants desperately to get out of this place and, and see the universe and do all this stuff. And so maybe Kane's offer becomes reasonably tempting. And then it's also like, oh, she turned this down, but she really wants to do this. And that's another motivation for the doctor to pick her up and, and take her on. all this kind. So anyway, it's just it. The, to me that sort of sums it up it's like oh there there's a core idea that's pretty decent but uh it just doesn't it's not hang, it doesn't come together very well um so yeah i've got it at 107
0: well when i plug this <laughs> into the old supercomputer uh we have the girl who waited at 31 tied with human nature family of blood which we both though we had different rankings for both we we both ranked them right next to one another um in our <laughs> rankings your, yours lower than mine, but still uh, together. So yeah, it's ranked tied for thirty-one with Human Nature, Family of Blood, and yes, Dragon Fire down here at the bottom. Not the very bottom, not mm-hmm. Time in the Ronnie, uh, Edge of Destruction bottom, <laughs> but but at the bottom nonetheless. Yeah, time Flight um,
1: bottom also not great. Time Flight Dominators bottom or not,
0: not. I will check point. in on the, the just because we did a few more Seventh Doctor ones. Um, Checking on the overall Doctor rankings, yeah. and um, I mean, I think it it kind of. It kind of works pretty well for me, honestly, because what we what we do is we have the the sixth and seventh. Do- I mean, the eighth Doctor is is low because we have the one movie low. Um, but the sixth and seventh Doctor are at the bottom. Um, with but th- with the seventh Doctor edging out the sixth, and to me that does feel like right. It's like mm-hmm, yeah, the mm-hmm. Sylvester McCoy episodes aren't great, but I think they've edged out the ones yeah the sixth doctor yeah, six is not great um and then other than that we have the first doctor then we have a kind of a tier that's the first and fifth doctor and then then the second doctor and then we have the third and fourth doctor or the highest of the classic doctors and then all of the new doctors we have ranked like in that realm uh with with matt smith being mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. high which maybe that'll continue um but I'm trying to look um, at what
1: are, what's our greatest difference um uh we're very close on the sixth doctor um uh everything else we're if we're apart we're
0: like 20 apart <laughs> we're, we're different on the ninth doctor yeah i yeah. have him a little lower which is sort of funny to me because i actually really like yeah uh, first season you um, have him you have the ninth and tenth doctor almost like the same. Like, yeah. In fact, actually, sorry. You have the ninth doctor ranked better, which probably isn't necessarily what you think, but just you know, there's so many more David Tennant episodes. Yeah, I so. think, yeah, I think there's more that maybe pull that down. Um, I uh, have who, the newer doctors ranked better than like you have the third doctor, for example, ranked yeah. better than David st- Tennant, and which is
1: um, funny because you because uh, you like the third doctor, quite a bit. Um, we're very close. We're very we're clear agreement on the second doctor um yeah that that's second. true
0: they're right on
1: eighth we're all eighth is only one story uh <laughs> um uh yeah interesting
0: numbers P- people numbers are amazing here we go man. i'll tell you the ones we're most different on is the third doctor how did you I, do that that's weird why you're right because i like the third doctor but somehow i just don't rank the, i I think i just don't rank classic episodes as high yeah and then the seventh doctor but whatever but um yeah, oh, that's interesting. Uh, guys. You can go to mindprobe.show and get all we're this just gonna data read it quietly to ourselves now, folks. But uh, <laughs> we're going to keep the podcast You, you have the power of data in your hands. If you go to mindprobe. Show, you can see the rankings. You can slice and dice them by me and John's rankings separately. You can look by doctor, by Do by Do season. You know John all that H. stuff. You can also go and see the watch order if you want to watch along with us. You can see what we're going to watch next episode. And John, what are we going to watch next episode? All right, um, uh,
1: we're starting. We're we're, we're coming around, uh, uh, as they say in the Masters Amen corner here. We're we're almost at the end of the end of the the back <laughs> nine here. Uh, we are um, uh, heading. It's, it's another interesting, actually, common, a little bit of common. Ground, I guess, tonight, tears. I don't know. Um, it's another one about scary stuff, uh, and, and stuff in the mind and fears and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this time set in like a, a shining esque hotel. Um, it's uh, it's the God Complex. Um, Uh, It's the next uh, Matt Smith, Murray, anyone. And uh, I've paired that so that that deals with people's fears, like their secret fears or their hidden, you know, their worst fears. Um, So we paired that with them. uh, And this has been a a, a little while since we've had, uh, oh, I guess we've had one earlier this season, but uh, a third doctor one, uh, a third doctor and. Uh, Brigadier and Benton and Yates and Joe and the Master. Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's a, um, this is an early Master one. Uh, this is the Mind of Evil. Uh, and heads up, this is a six, uh, six parter. Um, oh, good, but it has a lot of action sequences and things like that. It's all set in a prison. So.
0: Well, here's to finding time to watch six episodes of that. <laughs> and, and here, by the way, we are barreling toward the end of uh, season six here in the new, yeah, uh, yeah, so, so it's. As, along.
1: Um, as we can tell, um and actually God complex doesn't really get this either or uh, we're battling towards the end of it and we're not making any progress on the plot. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> and we aren't going to uh, until we get to the wedding of River song. So
0: yeah. The very so, well here's that's, to that's that. for the future, yeah. Here is well. to the future, John, and uh, I bid you good day, sir. <laughs> also, I, you know, I can
1: still think of the Monday night that in it was NBC, I think that's out and it was um uh, <laughs> was my favorite was it was a uh, uh, I think it was Valerie's family. Was Valerie Bertinelli was big really wanted her. Didn't uh, she
0: family. die in that show?
1: Well yeah, she so was a Valerie family and then she got in a contract dispute with the network It was like, hey, you can't fire me because I'm Valerie and it's Valerie. Oh
0: yeah! <laughs> and then they killed her. He and her the call it the Hogan family, right? Yes, and, they called, and then they brought in Sandy Duncan and call it the Hogan family. Like, there yeah. take that. Less and we just what? And we were just like, well, I guess I'll watch this. Yeah. We were just like, you just watch whatever was on, right? Um, well, Ann Mira one. was on Al. I don't remember that. Who? Uh, Ann Mira, um, uh, Ben Stiller's mom. Um, oh, uh, she was the, Mrs. Ockmanic. The, the name. Okay. Yeah. I remember um,
1: my I, don't, I thought it was longer than the first season. But I mean, I can't believe
0: uh, it was just that. But I guess these things make my past no, forgettable. No. This is fascinating. <laughs> I I can't believe like it was just it was by far the biggest. It's um, <laughs> the, the biggest show, like merch. Like People loved it. People loved it. It was a wise cracking
1: New Yorker puppet. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: so. so fascinating. <laughs>
1: I wanna watch some Alf though? Yeah, I'm sure you could probably find some of the added or something.
0: Alf no, was replaced in syndication by the Fresh Prince and Bel Air. Like they're <laughs> just as randomly different.
1: But that Shows. was also on
0: BC. that was also on BC Monday night, I think, right? It was Fresh Prince and Bel Air. Oh, was it? Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe everything was on Monday. Maybe I can watch some Oh, of in its night. fourth season, it tied with Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> <laughs> Mindprobe.show.